Let us pray. Gracious of God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks that you speak to us across time and space. God guide us. We may be faithful stewards of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends. Hello. Um, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk. Um, I apologize. This is a day late and a dollar short. Um, I had to go buy a cart yesterday. Um, I'll give you the hyper cliff notes version of why at three <laughs> thirty uh, yesterday afternoon I had to scrub the show and everything else in my life. Um, so I finally had to say goodbye uh, to my dearly beloved giant. I know my my dearly beloved giant Chevy truck, uh, Chewbacca. Um, he needed about I don't know. It was like it was. I don't know. The amount of work he needed was racking up. Um, he had 220,000 miles. It was time to say goodbye. Um, uh, because, yeah, it was time. Um, and so I went to try to buy a car on Saturday. Drove to Houston, right? Like, Houston swimming and car dealers. Um, I wanted, like, four different... I have three different kinds of cars that I was looking... Or trucks that I was looking at. Um, and cool, right? Except, uh, no, you can't buy anything. You cannot buy anything. The chip shortage is hit the car industry. Like, whoa... Um, and so I put in an order for a little Ford truck called a Maverick. They're really cool. Um, but I was, again, I was going to be waiting four months, uh, for it. Um, and then I got a call from, uh, my sales, my sales guy, um, yesterday at three o'clock, like, Hey, someone didn't pick theirs up. Do you want it? But you have to come get it today. Cause I was like, Hey, can I do this tomorrow? Like, no dog, you cannot. No man. He does not sound like this. So <laughs> no, no man, you cannot do this tomorrow. Someone else will buy it. It's like, okay, I guess I'm driving to Tomball now. Um, <laughs> and so he called me at three o'clock by three twenty six. I was on the road to Tomball. Um, I got to Tomball Ford at six o'clock. Um, I left there at eight fifteen. the proud owner of a, of a Ford Maverick. Um, and then I had dinner and then I got home at 1230. Um, so that's why we didn't do a show. Um, that's the short ball. Y'all, that's the short version of what happened. Um, anyways, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is... Pastor Scott Ketchot. And brother Stacy Tyler. And uh, shout out to Sister Brandy. Um, who Sister is, Brandy. Who is getting some much needed R&R um, this week. She is on vacation. Um, and so certainly we wish her a wonderful vacation. Hey, um, and she'll be back with us um, in the studio next week. For this evening, our scripture is uh, uh, an oddball selection of a selection from Nehemiah chapter 8. Uh there's a lot in Nehemiah chapter 8, and so it is Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, 5 through 6, and 8 through 10. It all kind of flows when you read it, but just know that I'm like, if you did Nehemiah 1 through 10, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, you know, leaving the verse... The names would be fun. Yeah, so leaving verse 4 yeah. and verse 7 out actually help with the readability, help with legibility, not get in the way of legibility. Anyways, for most of y'all, this will just make sense. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. This sounds like a Zelda temple. Um, they told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, <coughs> excuse me, um, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early in the morning until midday. It's a long reading. In the presence of the men and women and those who could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. 
Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. And do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it can be a little. This is this is a weird passage. I get. Um, this is actually something really important is happening in this. What sounds like it is the birth of a Jewish holiday, um, but I don't want us to get bogged down in the birth of the Jewish holiday side. I want us to get bogged down in why are we having this holiday? Why are we doing this? So you got to realize where Nehemiah and Ezra um, kind of fit in the timeline. You got to remember. So uh, things fall apart. The people go into exile. They're in exile for a really long time, and then they come back, and they get back from exile. We have other prophets who testify this. Isaiah, third Isaiah, talks a lot about second Isaiah is coming back, third Isaiah is your back. There are three, again, there are One three book, Isaiahs. But three. One book, Isaiah is like the Dread Pirate Roberts. There are many of them. Um, they are all named Isaiah. Um, it's fine. Um so they're back. They are back from exile. And Nehemiah is now in charge. He is the governor. He is not descended from the house of David. Um, he is just comes back as someone who wants to care for God's people. And what Nehemiah and Ezra, what Nehemiah leads is a rebuilding of Jerusalem. Uh, more specifically, they rebuild the city wall around Jerusalem, which at that time was the heart and soul of a city. Right, what defined a city was a massive stone rampart um, to protect you from, you know, enemies and wolves and lions. Right, right. that was, you know, like the <laughs> the way um, I grew up in Houston. It was just in Houston. Uh, highways, um, ring roads, loops define Houston. Mm-hmm. Right, Houston is defined of. And now there are three. Like, what loop are you inside? And if you are not inside that, there's going to have to be a fourth loop at some point uh, because Houston is just sprawled that far north um but houston is defined by are you inside 99 are you inside beltway 8 are you inside 610 for ancient cities that was walls and so nehemiah leads leads the people in rebuilding the wall around jerusalem and thus restoring jerusalem uh to some sense of being the city it is supposed to be being god's city now what you're seeing is the spiritual component of recommitting at the end of exile that one of the reasons they went into exile was their poor behavior they screwed up (laughs) right they got all these warnings from folks like first isaiah right i'm just going no what are you doing stop please stop don't oh god um they didn't stop right and there's a lot of what the prophets certainly the prophets writing around that time are doing is this you could avoid this is a hundred percent avoidable yeah um and so now that they're back from exile this is a scene 
Now, spoilers, they don't necessarily 100% stick to what just, what they just committed themselves to. Yeah, but this... Yeah. End of Nehemiah has Nehemiah pulling his hair out. Right. And, and, You're and, doing and, and, it again. And, and third Isaiah ends with, <laughs> well, we're back, and it's not all better, right? Both, all the prophets, all the people writing about the return from exile is like, maybe it's a little better, but it ain't all fixed. But this is this moment of recommitment. Um, a mo- of God has given them this second chance, and this is at least an image of them attempting to seize it. Right now, now, did, am I correct when I when I went through this? God never like told them to do this. This was just something that uh, Ezra said. Let's do this. Yeah, this is them choosing to, or Ezra and Nehemiah, and they. They are two separate books and two separate people, but think of them as a team. They work hand in hand. And so often in kind of biblical study sites, we think about Ezra and Nehemiah, right? right? Um, And so what Ezra and Nehemiah are doing is they know well why they went into exile. They see clearly what being back can mean, and they are trying to lead the people into the good version of being back. And no, God did not specifically require this. Instead, yeah. this is Nehemiah and Ezra going, okay, okay, so we're back. Welcome back. Here's the law. Yeah, it's like, here's what we should have been doing, and what's a way that we can remember where we were at right. and not go back there? See, a lot of purpose of monuments, and I'm not meaning this to sound political at all, is to remember history good or bad, to remember it so that you try not to make the same mistakes. And what's uh, going here is kind of you're seeing uh, what's known as Feast of Tabernacles, yeah. uh, you know, kind of being established and set up of just re- that remembrance. And the point of it is the fact of not so much, hey, let's remember all that happened, but so, hey, from here on out, let's recommit, let's have this point so that we don't find ourselves going back into exile. There's a good portion of Old Testament that's about, hey, exile was bad. Let's not do that again. Well, and 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 we've talked about this before, but a lot of kind of what is Judaism from this point through the Middle Age, through, yeah. you know, um, you know, up maybe a th- up until about, you know, less than a thousand years ago is I mean, even the version of Judaism that wins out, that is what we would call modern rabbinic Judaism, which is grounded in Pharisaic Judaism, which comes out of this deep, which comes out of folks like Ezra um, and this recommitment to the law is so much of that is, yeah, exile is real bad. Let's not do that again. Uh, the Roman, <laughs> look, the Romans didn't help. No. Um, the Romans tearing the temple down didn't help. Um, but. This like the for us, I think, as Christians, we don't fully appreciate the trauma of the exile, right? Because we're very comfortable with Jerusalem as a city and it's a city with importance, but like we know God's everywhere. Well, and especially uh, here in America, you know, um, we forget how old Europe and other places uh-huh. over there truly is, and we, you know, even though it's moved, we're very much a melting pot, and we find our identity in things other than the land, other than the city. Whereas 
for the Jews, this was their inheritance from God. Right. This was the promised land to be sent from that is being chased out of God's will for their life in some ways is how they viewed well, it. And, and so they're not, it's not even clear where God is at that point. Yeah. Right. Again, again, this is, I, we this comes up a lot because honestly, a lot of the Bible is reflecting on the concept. Certainly, the prophets and here Ezra and Nehemiah are also reflecting on what does it mean the temple was destroyed? Yeah, right. For us, a church is a building, and if a church was to be destroyed, we would be sad. I just spent the whole I spent most of my day putting up walls in the new building. Um, construction <laughs> has started, friends. It's great. Um, but so like. You know, I'm really excited about the new building. A lot of what I've been doing for three and a half years um, has been getting that thing up. And so were it to something terrible to happen to that building, I would be deeply grieved, right? I would be really sad. Um, there was a fire uh, 10 years ago. Not that, not, not that long ago. There was a fire at my home church that like burned the youth room, right? Um, burned this place where I grew up. Um, and I now go up to that youth room and it doesn't feel the same. And so every time I go to that youth room, I feel kind of sad because it's not just that it got renovated. It's that the walls are different. The structure is different. I I can't even recognize this thing that was my home, but I know where God is and God is everywhere. And that was just a building. The temple was not just a building. No, this was an idea that's being shaken here that ultimately is to help them understand down the road, Jesus, Jesus returned to heaven, sending of the Holy Spirit. We know that looking back. Right. They had no idea of this. And so the temple, it wasn't just the building. You have the Ark of the Covenant that had been the representation. It is considered the mercy seat. It is literally well, what they the re- thought. No, no, no. It's not the representation. It was it's the, literally yeah. where God is. Yeah, exactly. It was literally the where we would think of the seat of God sitting right. there in the Holy of Holies. And so that's been destroyed. Right. Uh, where aspect, is God? The aspects of the... Uh, if I remember, the ark was lost at the, for a while at this point. And, yeah. and so they're going, um, wait. What does that mean? Where's God? Is he still here or are we totally abandoned? Right. Are we totally abandoned? And so you get folks like um, Ezekiel that write, show this image of God, which is, if you want some like whacked out <laughs> stuff, read Ezekiel. And I always forget, I always want to put it earlier in Ezekiel than it is. But at some point in Ezekiel, um, there is this the beasts. W- wonderful image of, you know, God's conveyance. Anyways, it, it's nuts. Animals and eyes and, you know, you think yeah. the images in Revelation are nuts. Read Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel's like, whoa. That, no, Ezekiel. Ezekiel's a trip, dude. Um, is Ezekiel, Ezekiel's uh, of this image of God rising up and following them in an exile. Um, because that was a major, that sounds obvious to us, a people who live in an era of the Holy Spirit and, and God being everywhere. Wherever two or more are gathered, there God will be. Right? Like, we're really used to that idea. What happens if you're not used to that idea at all and God is only in the temple? And so now they're back, right? Flash forward a generation or two, they're back. Their whole atonement system was based on the uh, sacrifices. Right. And so everyone had to go once a year 
uh, you know, for for all these sacrifices, they couldn't just and do it at their house. The, and then they there was the catch-all to... sacrifice, yeah, um, where uh, the priest, the chief priest, go to the holy holies and make a sacrifice for all the things we forgot to sacrifice for. Yes, <laughs> and so all of this is gone. Not just hey, because even in their own minds, when they're off in exile, you 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 have this idea. Well, we're not there. We couldn't even do it. But then you get back, and you see the destruction, right? You see what must be done to rebuild. And there's been a long time that's gone in the exile. And so people have died off. People aren't having it put in front of them. They've forgotten things. And that's what's going on. They're reading through the law in a very long uh, sermon. Uh, Reading through... From early morning to midday... Yeah, I've, I've I've been in a few like that. Yeah, uh, this is like, what if everyone, everyone, was at a tent revival? Yeah, and 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 it's it's one thing when the spirit's moving. There's a lot going on. This was that long of just reading through the law. And there are apparently no. They're all standing. <laughs> yeah. Right? Also, they're that's standing. That's what gets me. They're all standing. This sounds wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> so now, now, and so they're realizing. Am I under? Am I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Am I understood too? Now everybody wasn't happy because some of the exiles were marrying non-exiles. Correct. So there was a there was a, a kind of a thing going on with that too. Yeah. There's... Yeah. That's so. That's not. I mean, yes, that is kind of an undercurrent um, of one of the concerns. So. There's this huge effort while they're in the exile to hold it together, right? Um, And a lot of things that we know and love come out of that effort um, to hold things together, like the written Bible comes out of, right? It's not that these books and stories didn't exist before the exile, but they start to take the form you and I would recognize as an Old Testament in the exile. It's like, yo, 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 we need to like... Get this stuff together. Let's right? not lose this stuff. Let's not forget. And let's have this so that we can pass it on to others. And so that's also where character, like people, uh, people like Daniel become really important. <laughs> or stories, uh, for historical stories about Joseph um, in Pharaoh's court become really important. And this kind of like Jewish hero in exile keeping to the law. And one of the laws is let's keep our families our families so that we can stay true to being God's people. Something they are very concerned about. Uh, a cool comment uh, in the chat. Uh, well, imagine not hearing it for a while. So it's kind of like those crash courses. You yeah. Know, you, 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 it's brought you back up, but it's more like what kept them motivated. Well, it's also, it is... Maybe, you know, again, like scripture is, is being formed. We're not entire. we don't really know what the like general religious life was like during the exile. And so this is, this is also kind of Ezra and Nehemiah drawing that line in the sand and saying, okay, the past is the past, right? We have faced the consequences. Mm-hmm. We've been given this second chance. Let's now use this second chance to the best we can let's hear in yeah like joseph's like like let's get this crash course in um <laughs> in as wildly uncomfortable way as humanly possible um so that you have now heard it you are now committing yourselves to it that don't be sorry don't be sad 
be joyous because you have this opportunity to do right, even if you have not previously. There's another good comment here, even though they kept doing it. It said, you know, it's kind of hard carrying all those scrolls. Maybe we should combine, put some of them together. That's just like one scroll. <laughs> well, it's just not it's just not how that works. No. Right? But 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 it but it's true. That's ultimately where it where it went to for as far as us. But it's just this idea of so many of them had forgotten and needed to be put in remembrance or had never fully learned everything as generations had gone. There was that passing of knowledge, you know, from the oral traditions and you had those who were the prophets that had it. But I, I get this idea that even some of the common were like, oh yeah, that's right. We're not supposed to be doing this. Or, oh, we had totally forgotten about that as they started going through some of the uh, re-readings of some well, of the things. Because, you know, kind of this gets to Stacy's question too. Like, we get this sense, right? We don't know because we're not there. And most of what we have about the exile comes from scripture. But yeah. if you read what the other prophets are saying about exile, there is this sense that like, well, I guess we're going to be here a while. Let's back Babylonian, right? Like let's, let's settle in friends. Let's, you know, I had one in a, Rome, one in Rome, or in this case, one, one in, in Babylon. Babylon. Uh, I had a friend of mine who uh, was a pastor in England um, and she decided that she was just going to permanently have a British accent. She did not. She's American. She did not grow up in a, in a British setting. Um, but she moved to Britain, joined the British Methodist Church rather than the United Methodist Church, um, and decided that she was just going to have a British accent now. And I found that so weird. And I, I have a pretty decent British accent, and I can pause when I need to, but, like, fundamentally... No, but like that. So she is not the perfect example of what it is to settle in Babylon. But if you're going <laughs> to live somewhere for a while, like, yeah, you settle in. Maybe you take on a British accent. Maybe you finally learn to bother to speak Spanish, which and, and, is what I did. Yeah. And some of that isn't necessarily just uh, making that decision. It comes about. Uh, as you were telling that, I, I thought about my oldest, Sierra, uh, when she was in kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, Tesney Davis yeah. was her kindergarten I teacher. Love uh, for those who shout have no to idea, shout out to Tesney. Tesney yeah. is amazing. She is also a Spitfire Welsh yes. lady yes. with yes. a thick Welsh accent. Despite the fact that she's lived in America for decades. Yes, yeah, so it makes me wonder accent, what it was to begin with. Her accent brings me such joy. Yes. But yes. at the end of the school year, because think about what is taught yeah. in kindergarten, yeah. how to pronounce words. And so, Everyone in that kindergarten class had a Welsh accent. Right. And at which point I joked with her and I said, okay, here's the problem. You now have to follow my child throughout her school career so that she keeps this She keeps it because it's beautiful. It's sonorous. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so, and I I know I've I've lived abroad and I still have habits and pronunciations that are, are are impacted by, I have to think about, I have to think, so Brits don't say Isaiah, they say Isaiah. And sure. so I have to think every time I come across the in my in, in my line of work, you come across the prophet Isaiah a fair amount. I have to think um, about Isaiah. Philemon Philemon is the one that gets me. You're always like Philemon, and I'm like, what? Because I've always heard Philemon, and I so and I and and like, I first what? heard it from Brits, and so I say Philemon, <laughs> um, and so it, it has become well, house standard well, to use Philemon. So so when I moved to uh, Albuquerque. Uh, you know, I was there for 16 years, and by about the third or fourth year, I would get on the phone and and talk, and they would like, "Who are you?" Yeah, 
because you lost your Texas accent. Like, yeah. A, a, and then still to this date, I mean, I don't sound like well, normal and Texan. I And I grew up all over, and so I am from Texas. Same deal, right? Like, I worked hard to not have a little bit of one, but I worked hard to not have much of a Texas accent, and I refuse, even though I've been back in Texas since 2015, refuse for it to come back, right? And I have to, like, yeah. to catch if I get really tired. Anyway, so all of, all of this, I, I think we can all connect with this experience of, like, when you are in a place, you start to take it on. And some of that's not bad, right? But what happens when taking on the culture you are in means flying in the face of who God wants you to be. Yes. And that's the issue with the exile. And that's the issue with coming back is they did settle into some Babylonian patterns and maybe they liked the food, but they certainly weren't meant to like the gods, the false gods that they worshiped. Which right. is playing into your question, uh, Stacy, because that was oftentimes the, uh, uh, the reason that they were told not to marry people of other religions not that oh my gosh we don't like those people as the tendency to then accept that culture and especially right. those other religions of which you can look throughout scripture and go well i can marry someone that doesn't have the same beliefs and not fall and eh. all i know is that in scripture that didn't work out so well for them because they can eventually would although although, although there were those in the new did. testament um, all that, 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 you know, the one that talks about wives obeying your husbands, right? Like what that is, is about evangelizing your non-Christian spouse. Yeah. Right. So at some point, certainly in early Christianity, one spouse would be a Christian. The other spouse wouldn't, um, because there weren't previous generations of Christians. Yes. Um, and so like it can work, um, but it is with the goal of, you know, your spouse coming to know God as you know God. Well, and even in that, it, it teaches but you don't go worship along with it. And right. that's what the issue was, was that they would, oh, hey, let me King just worship Solomon. this as well. Yeah. Right? So this is like, yeah. um, you got to realize. Had, for the wisest man alive, he sure made some interesting decisions that uh -huh. set him up for a lot of issues. Uh-huh. But you got to think about, like, again, all of this, a lot of this material was way from way before the exile and existed in different forms. Yeah. But then you've got to realize that a lot of these books get edited or get come together or get a second pass during the exile. And so you start to realize why are they – why do we highlight a lot of these stories about people who stepped away from God because of other influences and got in trouble? Like that comes up in the Bible a surprising amount. And I well, think I think I might have the answer to that. I, okay, why? So here's my kind of my answer to it is, you know, we like you said, you see this pattern throughout the Bible, at uh -huh. and, and at least in the Old Testament. And I think the bottom line comes to, it's a, it's just God's way of, uh, or, or the people that wrote the Bible going, see, this is what happens. Right. See, this is so, happens. Yeah. This is especially what Jesus Christ in your, you know, we had to bring Jesus Christ so, in it. That, well. I think some of the prophets are looking that direction. Yeah. But I think some of the editors of scripture are more just looking at like, um, do better in exile, friends. One right? of the fundamental things that gets encoded <laughs> into the Old Testament is do y'all are not doing good at this exile thing. Here, let me highlight the stories of how it went bad for people when right. they did the thing that you are doing. And then let me show you Daniel, this lovely boy, um, who got it correctly be like daniel not like solomon be like daniel not like solomon right. which is literally what's going on here in nehemiah yes. is they're going okay we're gonna do better 
You need to know what you need to do. Stand up. Stand All up. Right. All right. We're, we're here we starting go. here at page one. In the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to we read it to you in case you didn't get it. So we don't know what they mean by the law of Moses, right? Is that the entire Pentateuch? Is it the entire? Is the, is the Torah? Is it the first five books? Um, is it just? Is it just Deuteronomy? Um, is it just Leviticus and Deuteronomy? Is it Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy? Like what? Like and where how are did we? they not fall asleep reading through? Because did they include the the begats and the begats? Oh yeah, and but all they're probably more. They are more interested in that than we are. True. Um, that was. More interesting to the, they care more about the begat. They can make it through the begats in a way that you and I can't. Also, there's no Twitter, um, so what else are they going to do? Well, true. Um, you know they can't. They literally <laughs> Maybe can't sit cha- down and listen. They can't change the channel. Um, so uh, I suspect Ezekiel. I suspect they had more patience than we do. Um, yeah. But also, but when they get in the nitty gritty of the law, which is the stuff we glaze over Ooh. hardcore until it starts talking about weird stuff that we think is funny, they're gonna do what with a goat? Oh my god! Right? Like you know, we just jumped and flipped to you know whatever it is, Leviticus eighteen. Uh. <laughs> funny comment. Okay, so don't screw up like they screw up. Make new screw ups. Perhaps we'll write a book for you. Yeah. Yes, it's called it's called Ezra and Nehemiah um, and Third Isaiah, right? Like and the Apocalypse of Daniel. Yes. And after we did this, I mean, you can hear the voiceover. We're going to commit to God. We're not going to mess up anymore. Ron Howard comes in. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of. So I think a lot. I've said this before, but I think a lot of. If, watch the show Arrested Development, if only for Ron Howard's narration, because I, so much of the Bible, the prophets are just Ron Howard going. They didn't. <laughs> We're gonna do this. We're gonna solve all of our problems. They won't. <laughs> They didn't, but and we're still doing that though. Yes. Even even in this side of it, even with the grace that's given, yes. you know, it's like, oh yes, we have freedom and grace. We can love and be so much more like Jesus. But they, didn't. they don't. <laughs> or sometimes they they, they get it at times, but but that's the beauty of the grace that's given there and of these stories. It isn't like oh well, you've missed it. Cancel culture. You're out of there. It's. You Yo, missed it. You had Do better. <laughs> you know, it makes me. It makes me kind of wonder. You know, like God's sitting up there with Jesus, and you know, and they're watching all of this going on in the, in the Old Testament, and you know, God's looking at Jesus, going, "Now, watch, watch what they do here." And, uh, and this is what. <laughs> well, this no. is this but, is wine a little bit. I'm sitting well, see, you down there. Okay. To me, that even this. blows me away of God's grace and mercy yes. so much more because of the fact, due to His omnipotence, He. Knew. No, yeah, his omniscience, right? Like, he knew. He knew. He knew and knows. I remember one of the moments in my own life when I was uh, struggling with something that was going on, and I was just kind of having this conversation with God of, you know, about my calling and just not really being worthy for it. Is it really something that's, am I called to be a pastor with all these screw-ups and all of that? And God clearly laid laid on my heart, you know, this idea of, do you think I was surprised? Do you right. think I didn't know you were going to mess it all up before I called you? It's not because of you. It's because of me. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised I don't call the Holy Bible. Hey, you all messed up. Well, so, <laughs> I've told y'all my, my, my favorite summary of the, of the Bible. We're all bastards and God loves us anyways. Right. Right. Like that's like, I forget the guy's name and I should really remember it because it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite pieces of theology um, is this guy was at, you know, this important theologian was asked 
um, hey, you know, sum up the Bible for me. Some journalist was challenging him. Um, hey, sum up the Bible in a sentence. Um, and his response is, we're all bastards and God loves us anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, that like that's the that's the message, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a story. This looks like one of those like weirdly detail oriented parts of the Old Testament, yeah. but actually this is a story about God's grace. Yeah, right. This is about the mystery of God um, being gracious to us even when we don't deserve it because they don't deserve no. to come back, no. right? They deserve to stay in exile. They deserve for God to have abandoned them, um, and it's only because God keeps God's promises even when we don't that they get this opportunity to recommit themselves. And do they take it and run with it and all the problems are solved? No. no. But that doesn't change the fact that this is a moment of grace. And that's the point of the uh, little tabernacles is the, hey, this is where we were at and look what we're getting to rebuild. Look what we're getting to have an option yeah. for. And yet they keep coming up to like the little uh, comment here, life pauses. So I bet you're wondering how I ended up in this situation. Right. And so if I was writing the book of Nehemiah, I would I would end it as it begins. I would begin it as it ends. Right? If you were making prestige television that is the book of Nehemiah, you would open with Nehemiah pulling his hair out. Um, yep. And then um, I, I always imagine Ezra narrates this thing. It's prophet and priest, yeah. right? Um, Ezra steps out. So I bet you're wondering how he got here. <laughs> Exactly. And then cut to the beginning of Nehemiah. But Nehemiah yeah. needs to begin with the ending. Um, so yeah. that you know where this is going. Anyways, this is probably as good a place as any uh, to bring uh, today tonight's episode in uh, for a landing. Hope, I'm, I'm sorry about all the scheduling nightmare that has been the past month of this show. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I keep saying, we'll be back at our normal time. And then I keep lying to you. Yeah. We just and keep, in fact, we just keep they weren't. Their, they weren't. Uh, we um, keep so, testing their uh, their faith. So I I fully intend for this show to happen in its normally scheduled time of six p.m. on Monday next week, Lord willing. I again, this was one of those like really needed a new car, um, and I had an opportunity to get the thing I wanted, so I got it. Um, and he's great, and I love him, and his name is Mitchell because uh, so it's a Ford Maverick. Um, and for you Top Gun fans at home, Pete Mitchell is Maverick's name in the movie, yep. his actual name, and so hence why my truck is named Mitchell. Anyways, uh, if you have feedback for the show or my truck naming conventions, uh, you can leave a message here on Facebook uh, in the comments, post off on our YouTube channel, um, our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash videos. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. If you're looking for an audio only version of the show, it exists. Um, just uh, just search yes, it does. Scripture Talk by Grace Church and your podcatcher of choice. Um, and also, we will be back most likely Monday at 6. Um, I understand that it is better for building an audience if you have a consistent recording time. My life has not afforded that lately. Um, but we w- hopefully we'll be back. We'll be back one way or another, but theoretically on Monday at 6. But also, go in peace. Love and serve the Lord. And fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Copyright infringing music.